Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to episode 134 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. My name is Byron. I'm here with my good buddy, Gary. Gary, what's happening, my friend? Well, you know, it's been a great day. Uh, we got to roll this morning, and that's what counts. Uh, we had some jokes and jokes going on. <laughs> yes, we did. To get a, a group of people that grapple uh, for such a long time together, there's always going to be some good jokes and jokes. I'm excited. This episode, Gary, we have Jess Fraser on uh our show this week for the interview uh she is a brown belt competitor and also just a member of the of the community she's uh head of the australian girls in gi which is similar to the girls in gis that we have here in the united states um just she's really organizing women getting together and uh doing jujitsu sometimes for the first time or sometimes just as a community and helping that uh that social bond grow and develop uh, she's not just doing that. She's uh, competed three times in the ADCC and and uh, medal twice. Uh, she's also won the silver in the world. So, you know, a great competitor, very very skilled, and and like Byron said, she's the founder of the Australian Girls and Geese, which, uh, um, you know, just uh, introduces jujitsu. Uh, it's it's easier, I guess, if if you know there's going to be a big group of women to come on in and and uh, basically fall in love with the sport. I'll put a link in the show notes to the Australian Girls and Gee uh, Facebook page. You can see the big, crazy pictures that they all take together, and it's just amazing uh, the types of people that they bring to the, check out the sport. Yep. So uh, basically we have that, and uh, as our usual show, we, we have our quote of the week. We have our interview or our article of the week. But, um, you know, we always got to talk about uh, Byron's audiobook. It's called Your First Year in BJJ. Um, it's only $11.99. It's two and a half hours of content. Um, Byron, Byron talking to you, guiding you through your first year of jiu-jitsu, which we all know is the, the tough year. Um, basically everything from – how to choose the right school, which, you know, is really important to, you know, how to prepare for your first tournament um, or if you are going to do a tournament in that first year. So, uh, you know, a lot of great information. Um, definitely check it out. We'll put a link to it on the show notes. But like I said, it's only $11.99 for two and a half hours of content. So, um, so check it out um, from our good friend and co-host and actually main host, Byron Jabara. <laughs> yep, but uh... – it, it helps support the show, and we'll have a, another way towards the end of the show uh, talking about how you could uh, support us. But uh, this has been a, a lot of help, and, and I really hope it's helped people out uh, during their first year, which is the main priority behind that audio book. So, uh, and the neat thing about it is we've been getting a ton of emails back on that and talking about it. And, and actually, I'm looking in their inbox, and here's one right now. And I'll, I'll read it word for word. Byron's audio book has been so awesome. I mean, it's done everything for me. I have never seen so much great content from such a great person. He is probably the best, says son, but then it's crossed out person that I've ever met. He is great. Sincerely, Byron's mom. There we go. She keeps just emailing Gary directly, and that's uh, that's really a odd of her to do that. But uh, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, and plus she gets on the show. Yeah, that every time if she wants to email me, I might filter out. You know the email, but uh, by emailing Gary, he'll bring it on yep. every time. Yep, Gary. You know, I'll always put it out there. Gary always brings it. Yep. 
Speaking of always bringing it, we will always bring it to your inbox if you would like that to happen. Uh, go That's to our website one. and uh, or our Facebook page. Put your, your name and your email address. Every week, we'll email you all the show notes and a link to the uh, MP3 download uh, for your convenience, and that way you'll never miss a show. A simple way to, to keep in contact with us. And Of course, if you want to contact us, bjjbrick at gmail.com is a great way to do that, my friends. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of always bringing it, there was a guy a long time ago who uh, did a lot of stuff to uh, to make the world a better place. The guy's name is Albert Einstein, and uh, you know I don't think it's a jiu-jitsu guy, but uh, he's going to bring us the quote this week. Gary, would you would you go ahead and play that clip? I think we should play that. Do we have a clip from Einstein? You, you got the clip, Gary. Go ahead and play it. Yep. Yes, uh, this is Albert Einstein, and I would like to say my quote: <laughs> Everyone is a genius. But if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its whole life believing it is stupid. <laughs> and that's from me, Albert Einstein. Thanks, Albert. And, and uh, you sound a lot like Gary Mid quote. You kind of uh, just sound a little differently than at the beginning. Byron, and end of everybody it. knows that's not Albert Einstein. Oh. It could be Albert Einstein, the two stripe purple belt. Yeah. From Cleveland. Okay. Well, who knows who yeah. we got there? I know you had the, the audio thing recorded and ready to go. So, yeah. But once again, uh, everyone is a genius. But if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its whole life believing it is stupid. Yeah. Man, that's deep. Yeah. That's, that's I deep. Mean, fish don't climb like the ocean. trees. <laughs> <laughs> deep like the ocean, Gary. No, really what it is, people have things they're good at and people have things that they're not good at. And if you... Just focus on what you're not good at, and like maybe you're just not meant to be that great at something. It's going to be like a fish trying to climb a tree. It's just not going to happen. You know, really, you could probably become decent at it, better than a fish could climb a tree. But but to be great at something, some people are just naturally enjoy the things that they're great at, and it's and it's uh, it seems like they're, they're Dude, that guy's amazing at jujitsu. Yeah, but he might suck at cooking, or he might be a terrible uh, driver. You know, like there's, there's give and take out of the different categories. And, uh, you know, so you might be feeling down today about your jujitsu. Um, but, you know, hey, you've got something else going on in a different category probably. And and really, you can improve your jujitsu. But it, the odds that you could become that, uh, you know, that world-class person if you, you – I, I don't know. I hate to be discouraging, but let me retry that content here. Yeah, well, there's it. only going to be a few bucheches. It's not like everybody can get to that level. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good way to say that, Gary. Yeah. I could I could train, I can quit my job and train all the time. It's not going to happen. Uh, I'm firmly grounded in reality that he he would destroy me within seconds, even if I, you know, dedicated full time to training. Uh, that that's just that's me trying to climb that tree as a fish. Like I said before, I mean, we're no Bucheches, we're no Ryan Hall, and we'll probably never be. It's not that I'm not going to try to be a Ryan Hall, or, but. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. I can tell you, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you're not going to like, like the fish judge, like judging the fish as being a terrible climber. I'm not judging my ability. I don't. I'm not going to say I'm a terrible grappler or Gary's a terrible grappler. Or even if you know, you said I'm a terrible grappler. I've said that many times, but not to your face directly, Gary. Which is oh, okay. kind of awkward Thanks. now. But uh, but like like a blue belt. Not not all blue belts are the same. Some blue belts are the blue belt version of themselves. And and it may be hard for them to hang with other blue belts, but 
it's it's you know after that certain amount of time of training that's as good as they're going to be as a blue belt there you go there's your blue belt and it still might be tough for some reasons um you know that might be outside of the control of how how good they can actually become at jujitsu but uh as long as that they're being the best possible you know tree climbing fish if that's what they want to do uh <laughs> i feel like i'm losing this with gary but uh, yeah. no but you you keep trying like like as humans we're not going to be able to fly without an airplane or a helicopter. We're not going to be able to stand up on a hill and flap our arms like a, a, a fish cannot climb a tree. It's uh, it's just not possible. But, you know, let's say I have short legs and somebody tells me I'm not going to be a guard player. I, I You know, short, stubby legs that aren't very flexible. Probably right off the bat, I'm not going to be a very good guard player, but it doesn't say that I can't become okay at it or, or pretty decent i'm gonna work on my flexibility i'm gonna work on my hip movement i'm gonna you know work on my grips i'm gonna become a, a decent guard player so you know it's like keep trying to do stuff that's possible but there are some limitations that you know we can't do i mean it's i mean i'm never going to be able to swim underwater for five minutes straight it's just uh we're not nature didn't build us to uh swim underwater for five minutes straight Gary, without an oxygen tank. <laughs> I think you kind of saved this quote here because this quote has been kicking my butt, you know, trying to explain what, what's in my head. And you just said, if I've got short, stubby legs, I'm probably not going to be, you know, be able to play certain types of guards maybe or something like that. But you work with what you got. You know, that doesn't mean – so this category of juicing might be tough for you. It might be tough for you to, to land triangles a lot because if you have short legs. But it doesn't mean you can't be good at jujitsu. You have to find yeah. your game in there and, and, and do what you do well. And so yeah. I think we're kind of. I was looking at jujitsu as a whole, like either you're good at it or not good at it. It's really parts of jujitsu, and find which parts of it your body is going to fit well, and go for that. Yep, I like what Byron says there. Uh, you know, I may have short legs, and I might not be <laughs> the greatest at doing uh, triangles, let's say. But what I can do is I can direct them into another position. Okay, you know, somewhere where I'm strong at. There we go. I like that, Gary. And the music yep. is telling us that it's uh, time to move on from our friend. Uh, thank you, Albert, uh, for the You're quote welcome, there. Byron and, and Gary. Uh, Gary is actually my favorite. <laughs> hey, thanks, Albert. We appreciate that. Yep, oh, you got, I appreciate that. You got some uh, stuff in your beard there, Albert, but uh, your mustache. But uh, Oh, I think it's blood from you when you're rolling. <laughs> Bloody nose, uh, see, my friend. <laughs> but uh, Gary mentioned a little bit about directing somebody from... Um, a certain spot in jiu-jitsu towards the spot that you want to be at. And that kind of just segues nicely into our uh, article of the week. We have an article um, from structureofgrace.wordpress.com, uh, Keyboard Sith Lord. Uh, so uh, this article is called Principal Forcing Positions, a.k.a. Directing. And uh, it, it's a very interesting way to think of things because... He had at the beginning of this article. He has a like a mind change of, of like I remember thinking this, and now I've learned that that may not be true. And I mean that's happened. You know, think about how many times you've done jujitsu, and and you know mind changes happen all the time. And it's uh, you got to keep an open mind. But sorry for hijacking there, Byron. No, that's that's perfect. And you can see that in his writing, the idea of forcing a position. You know, used to be like a bad thing for him. Like I don't want to force it. I want to just move with it and see where it goes. But there are times when it's okay to do that. And he, he kind of gets in that. The first one, uh, if you have an injury. Is that right? Gary's an injury expert. <laughs> I actually injured myself this morning. 
Yes, I'm an injury expert. And I mean, you take a, think about it this morning. Um, first of all, I, I couldn't... I couldn't work my takedown game, so I had to pull guard um, right off the bat, which isn't really ideal for me. Um, but then, uh, because my left leg was injured, that's my strong hook. So uh, I like to play half guard, and I like to use that hook and look for sweeps or, or elevate for leg locks, and I couldn't do that either. So uh, I had to uh, try some other stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, sometimes when you have an injury, you can't play your game. I'm I'm severe. I'm limited into my normal game, and I got to go somewhere else. Gary, I would say that most of your game has you've discovered it from limiting yourself. It seems like like you the things you I'm do because <laughs> you're working around things. So it, I think your leg will be healed up by next week, uh, maybe two weeks. But let's say if your leg was injured like this for the better part of the next year, uh, you would still continue to grapple. I know you would, and your game would change. Yeah. And you would be okay with it. Yeah. I tell you one of the best things that happened to me is when I tore my rotator cuff. For like a whole year, I could not raise my arm. And uh, I, I almost kind of really grappled one-handed for, for a long time. But I, I tell you, I developed a really strong underhook. And I got very good at keeping my elbows really close to my side. And, and uh, you know, I, people could say, boy, you know, that was a tough year. I probably got tapped a little bit more than normal because uh, I didn't have everything. I look at it the opposite. You know, I, I learned a lot of good skills that year um, because I, I couldn't use everything that I normally do. And it just it just makes me more well-rounded. Yeah, so the, the idea that you uh, could be forcing a position, it would be that you're going to force somebody – um, away from something at times. You're going to not get yourself a situation where your arm is lifted too high, you know, to where it's painful for you. Or you're just kind of directing where you are, or sometimes you're directing where you're not. And uh, I think that's a that's an idea that's not really understood a lot of times, but like one of the things that, that I've had a habit of trying to avoid is somebody's clothes guard, because it is tough. It slows me down. You know, I just heard it direct the uh, grappling... Uh, session away from the clothes guard if I feel like they're trying to go there by keeping like, maybe my elbow close to my knee as I'm standing and try to hide my midsection but you know, not do from injury just from do from I like to keep things moving and keep things going and, and I, you know I don't want to have somebody triangling me constantly from the clothes guard I don't know Gary but um, yeah and that's a good point. It's like you're not just using it because you're injured. Um, you know, it works when you're injured. But let's say you're going against a guy, like you said, with a great close guard. I'm going to try everything possible to, to direct so we never get to that close guard position. I'm going to try to force you into another position. or um, But I just want to stay out of that close guard. Yeah, it, 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 uh, it's a fun article. It brings up the idea that uh, forcing at some things... It's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. Now, if obviously it can be. If, if you don't want to do anything, but but uh, an easy one would be just pull guard every time and, and never train to be on top. Um, you know, that's a fine competition strategy is I'm going to pull guard. But it, it, you should experience the top game sometimes just to help you out. Um, for, for, for on the bottom, it does help you out on the bottom. Or there could be a chance that you'll have to actually pass him his guard and you'll have a white belt guard pass and you'll have a black belt style uh, guard, you know, because you've neglected that part of your game. So by forcing constant into your guard, man, I can't even talk. <clears throat> by forcing somebody constantly into your guard, um, that could be a good thing and it could also be a bad thing. So just kind of take an evaluation of, of what you're forcing 
uh, in your game and, and think about if it's good or if it's bad and, and try to make some decisions from there. Yeah, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, passing guard or, or whatever, but, you know, I kind of got a little guard, half guard game where, where I'm a lot better on one side than I am on the other. And uh, and most people are right-handed, so they'll, they'll go one way. And it's always kind of worked into my game. But Byron, you were the one guy who then started forcing it the other way. And, uh, you know, I could look at it that, oh, darn, Byron's passing my guard and getting me in side control and, and I'm in bad shape. But I look at it this, it's great that he's doing that. I mean, in the short term, I'm getting smashed and I'm getting beat. But in the long term, I'm getting better at that side. So, uh, um, you know, I'm kind of glad he found it and it just made my game even that much stronger. Yeah, and, and for that credit, Gary, it's it's hard for me to start to pass your guard uh, the wrong way for you because, like, you just have things set up that awkward. way. Yeah, yep. So, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, and uh, it's it's the only way I can pass your perfect, guard. <laughs> that's a perfect example of, of this article, um, you know, by, by uh, Jeff there. It's uh, the way you've worked to pass my guard. Yeah, and it, it, just because I can't pass it the other way typically, Gary, but... Uh, We'll keep that a secret, my friend. Maybe you'll forget about it, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, we'll put a link to the article in the website there on the show notes for you guys. All right, with that article wrapped up nice and tight in its own gi getting strangled, uh, we could move is on. Is that to... a Fuji Sakai gi? Yes, it is, Gary. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, Gary's talking about this gi I've been wearing for a while, and uh Put up a review on the website there about it, and uh, I like it, Gary. It's been a yeah. it's been a good gig for me there. So everybody, check out uh, the video of, of Byron reviewing the Fuji Sakagi. All right. Well, with that said, and all wrapped up in uh, that Sakagi, we'll go ahead and roll the interview with Jess Fraser. He is the most interesting grappler in the world. When he was troubled with a slow Wi-Fi connection, he threatened to disqualify the service provider. After that, his high-speed connection was restored. He then streamed the worlds from the comfort of Chuck Norris's living room. Chuck never knew that he was there, but he did enjoy a faster internet connection. When he is stuck in a traffic jam, he manages to keep rolling, just very slow. This is what he considers to be his slow roll time. I don't always listen to podcasts. But when I do, I prefer the BJJ Brick Podcast. Stay sweaty, my friends. All right, my friends, I'm happy to bring Jess Fraser to the BJJ Brick Podcast. Jess, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for j- jumping on here with me. Um, you are, you're a busy person. <laughs> you got yeah. a lot going on. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, so uh, my name is Jess Fraser. I'm from Australia. I, I am based in Melbourne and I'm a brown belt. I'm probably most commonly known for my um, head, my role as the head of Australian Girls and Gee. So um, that's a huge organisation, countrywide organisation, um, supporting all the women that are training in Australia. Mm. And how, how did you get into that role? 
I, I got into that role because I created it. I, um, I started training in 2010 and um, there wasn't too many females at my gym, which is generally the case for most gyms, I guess. Um, and I met a woman named Kate Wilson at a competition um, at the ADCC trials, actually. Like, um, so I met Kate um, out on the mats and I, I, it was one of those experiences where I, I won the match but I knew she was better than me and I desperately wanted to, to train with her. So um, at the time we were both at gyms that didn't really support cross-training and I guess that's where I started Australian Girls and Gear. I bought a bunch of mats and um, she worked in the city and I was teaching yoga at the time. So I bought a bunch of mats and I stored them on the roof of a building and once a week I'd drag those mats down into my yoga space and and we'd roll, and so that's kind of where it started. After a couple of weeks, we um, invited a couple of other girls, and and those girls have gone on to be, you know, world champs and and Pan Am champs. All of us have really. So um, all of those girls that were training back in the day are um, now very successful brown belts. That's Olivia Glikowska, Sunny um, Munn, and yeah, myself and Kate, a couple of others. So yeah, that's where it started. And how how big is this group of uh, girls and geese in Australia? Um, currently we have just over a thousand active members and, and they are all women and based in Australia. So, um, yeah, we, the, the members, um, are based on, on a closed, um, online group and, and forum and all of those women are, are very definitely, they're screened first before they join part of the group. So, um, I do know where all of them train and they are all active. So yeah, pretty big group at the moment. <laughs> And so what do they get by uh, being part of this group? Um, well, basically they get a lot of online support and that's, I mean, because we're a thousand strong, we can support each other, you know. So like the online um, group is, is really a forum for um, questions and uh, peer review and, and support and sharing ideas and interests and experiences and um, we we're in contact daily there's a lot of activity in that forum um and we also run events so australian girls and gee tries to run around about eight events a year that's that's kind of countrywide so um we've been doing competitions for a while now we're doing all all female competitions so i think we're up to our our fourth or fifth year of doing that and um uh, sometimes they're in Sydney, sometimes they're in Melbourne. Um, we're about to release – oh, no, we've done some in Perth as well. We're about to re- release Brisbane as well. So there's competitions all over the place. Um, but the biggest event that we do is the the, the summer camp. So our summer is um, December, January, February, and um, right in the middle of summer I, I run an annual camp that's massive, um, like really huge. I think it's probably the biggest one of its kind in the world. Um, there's the last one that I did in January just gone had 135 female attendees countrywide, you know, so people are coming from all, all over Australia. And as we all know, Australia is vast. The, the amount of travel that these women do to, to come and train for the, the camp is, is amazing. So that's kind of what Australian Girls and Gear provides, but more than anything, we provide, um, a, a, a place where, uh, girls can really get that kind of camaraderie and family that, um, just comes due to numbers that the, the, the guys have you know like that that experience of you know like locker room conversation and and the bonding over like um beers or meals or whatever after training doesn't happen for all the girls but they sort of get that experience with chatting to everybody online and making other female friends online so yeah that's what we do 
Oh, cool. Um, tell me, I want to learn a little bit about more about you. Um, tell me a little bit about your competition history. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot. I've done a lot. Um, I, I started competing about 10 months into my journey and, and did quite well from the get-go. I guess um, I came from a Krav Maga background. So I, I was a Krav Maga instructor. And so I guess that um, my uh, will was a little bit different different than a beginner, uh, like a straight-out beginner for, for jiu-jitsu competitions. So I started out as a top game player and I was very aggressive, lots of like big takedowns and um, kind of pressure passing and that sort of stuff. And it, it, it really worked well for me. I think maybe my timing was good, like in that the girls were learning guards at the same time as I was learning passing. And so I was kind of known for, the, for being the top game player in Oz for a while there. Um, and yeah, so like, I think, um, less than a year into my, um, my, uh, jujitsu journey, I'd already competed and come second at the ADCC trials and competed at Abu Dhabi trials and done pretty well, but hadn't done as well as I wanted to. And then the next year it really took off for me. So, um, you know, uh, at blue, I won Abu Dhabi trials, um, and then I won, Again, Abu Dhabi trials twice um, with the purple round black div. So I've been to Abu Dhabi three times um, to rep for Oz and um, I did, did pretty well at the Worlds a couple of times. Um, yeah, just just generally done all right. Most recently won um, a couple of belts at the Naga Advanced in Vegas. And yeah, so just kind of constantly um, competing as much as I can, as much as my, my, my belt's been... Um, like let me be able to you know sometimes you turn up to comps and there's no one there to compete against so um if i get fights i i i do them and i do pretty well and that's been yeah all all over the world really Mm. has your experience with the the krav maga and that training beforehand helped you at all um i i guess it 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 does on some levels and it does it's it works for you in some ways and, and against you in other ways um as far as technique goes it's pretty detrimental (laughs) um i I gather my coaches felt when i was starting out that we had to get me a little less head focused and um (laughs) a little less kind of you know grabby and um stubborn i guess um and that was a big transition to to soften up and to become aware of the other person um in the role um i also really struggled struggled with jiu-jitsu conceptually um moving from krav maga to uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu it just i mean obviously self-defense is is its primary function is to to get you from point a to point b sort of in in a relatively healthy state <laughs> and um jiu-jitsu is is such a different goal you know it's a puzzle and it's an exchange and it's um it's a conversation um whereas krav maga is really uh very brutal um it's designed to be uh like kind of supreme violence you know you meet you meet force with force and um you try to get out of there as soon as possible so uh, a big uh a big leap for me was that uh that jiu-jitsu was done in silence, you know, and, and Krav Maga really isn't. We we would vocalise what we needed help with, we'd vo- vocalise about a weapon if it was in play, we'd vocalise, um, you know, what we, we wanted out of the situation, whether you're saying no or don't touch me or things like that, you know, and so to move from a really vocal, very aggressive state to this playful um, exchange of of ideas is, is, a, is a really 
really hard one. <laughs> uh, it was a really hard one for me. But um, as far as things that it, it benefited me um, moving from Krav Maga to, to Jiu-Jitsu is Krav Maga is designed to be learned very quickly um, and easily, easily um, retained and easily um, uh, done, you know, like um, practiced really, really easily. It's very, very simple stuff. It's, it's, it's very violent and it's very aggressive, but it's very simple stuff, you know. And, and I think that in that way, learning Krav Maga – gave me a window into just learning a sport, learning um, a martial art, you know, like and, and learning a discipline. So um, I guess uh, kind of like, you know, your, first, your, your second language is the hardest to learn and then the next one shouldn't be as hard. It's about learning a process. And I think that Krav Maga really um, sort of uh, sped up that process for me um, just in how I learn, you know. Like when I, when I came to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I didn't have to discover how I learnt or how I needed to drill or how I, like, how I needed to get the information into me. I'd already learnt that through Krav Maga and, and that, that process is much, much faster in Krav Maga than, than it is in Jiu-Jitsu just purely because um, Krav Maga is much more simplified than, than Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm. So, um, running a, uh, the Australian girls and geese and competing are two, uh, things that to me look like they, you know, they're similar, but they are a lot different because, um, you can't just focus on, uh, what you're doing all the time. You're trying to promote something and, and connect with people who, uh, you know, not just for training purposes. Um, yeah. is it, is it helping you with your training or is it, um, just, is it just a rewarding thing that you're doing or, or, or why so motivated to do this Australian girls and geese? Um, yeah, well, you're right. It is, it is difficult to do both and they aren't the same thing. So one is really community focused and, um, focused outwardly. My, my work with Australian Girls and Gay is like pure sacrifice, you know, like it's really, it's, it's all about giving and it's all about giving back to the community and um, supporting uh, women that, that maybe didn't have the same opportunities as I did and, and, and things like that. So, or, or creating more opportunities for them even. Um, and as far as competition goes is it's really um, self-focused, you know, like sure you're in a team, but it is pretty like, you know, selfish in, in a positive way. Like it is really about investing in yourself and wanting the best out of yourself and, and, and making your, your training plans and, and sort of putting everything else aside. If you want to go international, you know, like if you want to go top level, it starts to be um, pretty, pretty blinkers on and, and single point of, of, of focus and um yeah those two things don't necessarily blend very well but I also you know for me with this community for what it's given me and um how much has changed me and how how much of a positive impact it's had on my life I feel like I owe the sport a lot too you know and so for me that's that's where I'm trying to find balance even though like putting both of those things together is totally exhausting (laughs) it really is it's about balance for me and, and about giving back as much as, as I receive, you know. Like when I get like super self-involved and start focusing on my own training and my own um, competition career, you know, I'm really asking a lot of people to support me to do that. It's it's not something I can do alone. I, I do need support even though it is all, all my focus and my drive. I, I I simply can't do it without my team or a beautiful training facility or, you know, other people that are willing to put their bodies on the line for me to, like, try to tear through them, you know. Like, it it can't be done alone. And 
I feel like to balance the world properly, I have to give back as much as is given to me. And, and I guess that's um, the drive of Australian Girls and Gee, even though <laughs> um, from time to time it is it is really hard, you know, like that camp in Australia that I run um, in January, it wipes me out. I'm often like pretty uh, run down and sick after that and, and I'm very distracted in the lead up to it. Um, and the hard thing about that is that hits, you know, two weeks before the Abu Dhabi trials in Australia. So often I'm going to the trials entirely exhausted um, and just having to sort of suck it up and, and go on because the Australian, you know, like the Australian um, comp uh, season is a little out of whack with the, the American one. Um, and so sometimes the timing's bad, but, you know, like it it hasn't um, it hasn't affected either group negatively, you know, like, it, like either my training or um, or the the community group of Australian girls and gee negatively yet um and so you know until I <laughs> until I completely run out of steam I'll, I'll try to keep balancing the two yeah well, that's great where do you see the Australian girls and geese uh, maybe in a couple of years or so um what I hope to do and I've talked about it a lot and and the girls listening um will know uh who I'm talking about when I when I say this and basically I want to branch out and I'd I'd really like to have helpers um more more involved um, across the country. Um, it's a lot of work with with just me. Um, I've definitely got Hope Douglas who um, is in Sydney and she's a brown belt training out of my BJJ. She's she's epic. She's she's really really cool and and she's really helping me out. Um, she started to um, do some events for Australian Girls and Geese, so it's not just me. And I know there's definitely a group of girls in Perth that are looking to do the same thing and Queensland and and Queenie up in in. Um, Darwin is looking to be organising all the A-Gig stuff. So I'm starting to branch out and really trust people with my baby because they have the same energy and excitement about it and, and see its worth. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, delegating some tasks would be awesome. Um, I don't really want Australian Girls and Gee to back off in any way. I think that it's a really important um, group for the Australian women and for most of these women now, which is it, it blows my mind, but for most of these women, it's just it, it's a standard that we have. You know, they couldn't imagine their sport without this this help and this support and this organisation, which is you know like something that I never had. But I love their experience, and I I, I really wouldn't want that to change. So um, whether I stay in the sport um, for you know another five ten years, I don't know. Like anything could happen, but definitely I want Australian girls and gay to to stick around and be something that's um, really just known it's just you know i want it to be as established as the australian federation of brazilian jiu-jitsu you know like yeah i would love to see you know canadian girls in gi and that that may well happen i'd, I'd love to go international um you know in, in the places that the girls groups aren't aren't popping up yet um I, i'd love to try and help them set it up too mm. well, that's that's cool and you've got uh you're busy and you've got a lot of work cut out for you <coughs> yeah so uh, that's that's exciting to see what you're doing uh, with your future goals for that. Um, mm. I'm trying to kind of get an idea of the makeup of the uh, of the of this group. So there are there are competitors, obviously. There are yeah. uh, people who just practice jujitsu, and then there's people who are interested in it and they go to the maybe the events, but they don't actually uh, you know train a lot outside of the events because yeah. maybe it's uh, a little bit more than they. Uh, want to do right now or something like that how how kind of what's the do you know the the makeup of the australian girls and geese kind of what those numbers would be or any idea of a guess um 
Well, I would I would estimate that about ten percent of the girls are competitors. A lot like the men, you know, like um, any mat that I go on, there's there's like. I mean, I really think that the breakdown is pretty similar. It's just that we've got like a much bigger number of women under one umbrella, you know. Like they're all in different gyms, of course, um, and so we're a unique, unique group in that way. But I would say, yeah, the, the, the breakdown starts to be pretty similar with uh, like if you looked at the guys in any one gym as an overall, like maybe 10% competitors, lots that talk about it, <laughs> um, not so many that do it. Um, and then people that are just like, no, nah, I've got no interest. And, and that's cool too, you know, like we've got quite a few Australian girls in gear that don't actually even train, <laughs> which sounds odd, <laughs> but they're totally us, you know, like they live a lifestyle that's very similar to um, like the BJJ lifestyle. They love the community. They love the people. They're the kind of women that are like, oh yeah, no, I've run five comps or run a table at all these different comps but they they don't roll and that's cool too you know like we're not we don't um exclude people or expect people to to hit a certain level or anything like that you know like um intermittent sort of participation is just as cool as twice a day six days a week it's it's more about um the community than the sport often (laughs) even though the sport is sort of how we met you know so yeah there's competitors but it's certainly not the focus of the group it used to be I think more um when I was more focused on competition you know like as I was coming up and like super um competitive super like um comparison kind of focused um blue belt I think Australian Girls and Gear was flavoured by my energy with that and and um, we used to be much more kind of competitor-focused. But now we're really not. Like as I stop um, seeing that that's the only part of the – well, as I kind of mo- moved from seeing that that was the only focus in jiu-jitsu into like kind of a broader vision for jiu-jitsu, the groups really moved in that way also. So I, I think that we're much more um, – we're much more inclusive now as a group, yeah. Jess, what do you uh, say to a, a girl who has never tried jujitsu, and they uh, she's interested in, in trying it, maybe in coming to one of these big events to see what it's like? Uh, what would you yeah. say to her to kind of get her motivated just to try it out? Um, I I would I guess I would speak to her in the same way that I needed to hear it, and it's like you you get to play you really get to play you get to fully understand how your body can and can't move um and you can learn so much about yourself and other people in this kind of crazy ridiculous situation it really is it's hilarious like it is really really fun and you'll meet incredible people and it's just worth a try like if you hate it don't worry about it like you don't have to do it but you might as well give it a shot because it'll be unlike anything you've ever done in your life before and like all the parts of the the fun of like you know when you you fight and wrestle with your nieces and nephews or kids in the afternoon it's it's exactly like that it brings back the play into your life and and it's worth a shot you know and also you'll get damn fit which is kind of crazy like it's like you get accidentally fit (laughs) while you're (laughs) focusing on having fun yeah yeah it's nice to to count something so fun as a workout, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, I, you know, thinking about exercise, most people, you know, they get through it. They, they have to force themselves to do it, but uh, we're so lucky with jujitsu that 
we go and we train and we have a good time and we happen to get a good workout while we're doing it as well. So it's kind of a win-win it's without the having best. To, the stress. It's on. totally the best, you know, like I've been injured uh, lately and so I have to go back to like, um, like actually doing cardio to maintain my fitness for when I hit the mats again and, and lifting and stuff. And though I love lifting, I really hate cardio. Like it's really, it's, it's hard. Like I have to really convince myself to leave the house to do it, you know, like, and when I'm there and I'm like, uh, I mean, I'm in Toronto at the moment, so it's been really cold. And so I've been doing cardio indoors on machines and it drives me crazy. Like I'm on this machine for an hour and I just, you know, I think about all the years that I did fitness like that and, how much time I wasted because I just think oh, I could have been learning a skill at the same time as getting fit, you know. Like it's just I love jujitsu in that way. Like if I could roll all day every day, I would. It's it's like you just run out of energy, you know. You, <laughs> you can't keep going like that. Yeah. Whereas I would not stay on a treadmill all day every day if I could. That would just <laughs> be actual horror. <laughs> yeah, that uh, uh, some people can, I guess, but. Uh That'd be, that'd be yeah. very difficult. And like you said, you're learning a skill and getting exercise. You know, you're having fun and in exercise. So uh, those yeah, are it's best. That's great. Um, you, you mentioned a little bit ago that you competed against somebody that was better than you, but you beat her. How do, yeah. you, how do, you, how do you do that? What's the key no, to that? <laughs> I think that um, uh, and, uh, for a long time, I was. I was essentially just shutting people's games down, and and I I still do that, but I have a game to play if if they if they move on to a different place now, you know. Like so, for for a long time, my jujitsu was really focused about just don't let that person do that to you. I don't know what they're trying to do, but just don't let them do that to you, you know. And I, I guess that came from my Maga background is like not. Um, I don't know, not accepting what what someone was trying to do to me unless I was willing to give that that movement or that decision unless it was under my under my volition I really wouldn't allow something to happen to me you know like I guess self-defense works on all levels of understanding that so um when I moved to to Brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah there was girls that were much much better than me that I was able to um manage myself with because I just wouldn't allow them to put me into dangerous spots and you know, sometimes then you can take advantage of that. So I guess no gi was a little easier for me to um, to to manage that. Um, definitely ADCC trials. You think about like how the rule the rule structure is with points and stuff. If I just like disengaged a fair bit, which sort of sucks, but like if I could disengage for for long enough and and work a takedown and then keep safe, I, I really could, um, you know, end up. Winning, winning the game, not so much the technique. If if that makes sense, yeah, definitely. I could I could keep safe when I needed to, and and not open up my game as much. And I guess the girls that were better than me, um, that I was beating at the time, they had more game to play in more places, and they were much more well rounded. But if I just didn't let them take me out of my comfort zone, I was I was able to to win matches. Mm. Wow, um, th- that's. Uh, I think you're right. Like maybe at the little bit lower levels that you could really throw somebody off, and and now that you're yeah. at a more elite level, you need to have your own g- game to implement. It's still great to shut somebody else kind of down and keep them out of their game, but yeah, uh, it's 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 important to have something that you want to do as well. 
Oh yeah, and it's like I've, I've felt it recently. I got to I got the like total honor of um, rolling nogi with Valentina. I can't say her last name anyway. She's she's a UFC fighter. She's amazing. But I got to roll with her a fair bit in in Bali, and you know I really faced that experience of like I've got this huge brown belt game, and like I've got so much going on, and like you know lots of people tell you you're doing so well, and you get all these great um, uh, feedback <laughs> situations with like winning golds and titles and stuff and then you roll with someone like Valentina and and she just shut me down there's just no way I like, she just would refuse to play the BJJ game you know like she's a UFC fighter like she's a, a top level athlete like epic you know world champion um with her Muay Thai or sorry kickboxing but she just would not play the game with me you know and so this was the same experience so like, I was trying all like moving from one guard to another guard and she just she just wouldn't play and she 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 just wouldn't advance you know like so for her of course she's going to stay in my guard and and in her world she'd just be punching me in the face (laughs) but for me to try and get her to open up and to move forward and to put herself at risk was an absolute nightmare so I had to open up my game to to engage and it always put me at risk because she'd take advantage you know so that experience happened um between us two and it's such a frustrating thing <laughs> to fight someone that just will not fight you <laughs> and so yeah like anything can happen in that moment i guess wow what, what event was that at what's that what, what event was this at it wasn't an event valentina um trains out of um tiger muay thai in um in thailand and i've been training out of bali mma um under justin seidel um and so uh i've been training there and she came past for a visit and yeah it's just island of the gods like amazing people drop by you know <laughs> she's my she's my size and she's oh she's incredible so feeling very blessed to to spend some time there but yeah that gym itself is is incredible just good training there that's that's awesome yeah awesome so we talked a little bit about the girl the australian girls and geese the goals you have, uh, what mm-hmm. goals do you have for yourself for competition maybe for the next couple of years? Uh, for the next couple of years, like, I guess, um, you know, being a brown belt, there's pretty obvious goals <laughs> that are coming up relatively soon. Um, for, for me, um, I really want to honor the end of my brown belt, you know, like it's, it's the last colored belt you get to have. And I, I want to finish it and I want to like, I, I want to do a bunch of competitions um, internationally that kind of make me feel like I got everything done that I wanted to get done. Um, and I had sort of planned to, like, obviously I'm in Toronto at the moment, I'm Australian. I had planned this year, um, this whole season for um, getting that done. Um, but I, it looks like I might have put myself out with a bit of a shoulder injury. So um, I might have to do this same plan again next year. We'll find out from the doctors relatively soon. But um, yeah, things like Pan Ams, Worlds, um, Abu Dhabi, uh yeah, like th- there's a bunch of stuff that I want to do um, before black, you know. So that's um, that goal for, for this belt. And then, um, yeah, like who knows? Who knows what happens with black belt? I guess um, move into coaching a little bit more would be a goal. Um, but, yeah, that that's kind of ballpark um, personal goals at the moment. But like I said, you know, injury throws you off the path sometimes and we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> So you mentioned you're in Toronto. Uh, what are you doing there, and where are you going to go next? <laughs> so 
So I'm here because of the injury. I was in America, so like my, my journey so far has been Australia to Bali. I've been training out of Bali, like I said, um, for a while at Bali MMA. Um, and then I went to Hawaii um, and trained there at a couple of uh, great gyms. Um, and then I went from Hawaii to Vegas. And Vegas, I was training with Sophia Drysdale, of course. She's Australia's first female black belt. So there's a big, um, strong connection for lineage for, for Australian women to stop by and see Soph. Um, she runs camps out of out of Vegas and stuff so that's pretty fun but while we were training um I I hurt myself so um and that was in prep for um Pan Ams so I hurt myself a couple of weeks before Pans and had to just basically sit it out and um I'm just waiting to get better really um so I was hanging out in Vegas and and that was cool but um my family's here in Canada so I've got family all through Ontario and um just decided to come hang out with these guys while I can't roll um, and, you know, see everyone catch up. And as soon as I'm back on my feet, like, I'm hoping to do um, an East Coast tour, like, sort of from where I am all the way down south to Miami and, um, yeah, get New York in and, and get a couple other places in on the way down to Miami. But um, it's all going to be injury dependent, you know, like um, – yeah, like I said, if if my arm's not looking so great, I might just have to put a pause on it and come back and do the do the world tour next year. <laughs> but we'll wait and see. Yeah, some things are outside of our hands. Yeah, totally. But you know, like there's no disasters ever. It's just about timelines, and that's that's the only thing. You know, like real like it, in in the big picture, it's you know I haven't had that much time off uh, since I started, so I'm feeling very lucky about that. And I know that everybody um, goes through injury, and, and we've all been there. But for me, like of course, the timing's just a bit crap because I'm. I'm trying to do the the dream, the dream year, you know. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too distressed about it. It just might have to be put on on hold. <laughs> I just yeah. don't know yet, though. <laughs> yes, but if you see me floating around, if I'm back on the mats and I'm floating around, you're part of the the country. Yeah, <laughs> definitely say hi and and roll with me. That'd be cool. <laughs> That's great. And uh, I need to ask you now because I don't want to forget. If somebody wants to join Australian Girls and Geese, I'm guessing they need to be. Uh, uh, girl in Australia, but how do they how do they find you to do this? Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, about Australian Girls and Gee, uh, we have a website which is just australiangirlsandgee.com. Um, there's a page on there about how you can get involved. So if you forget what I'm saying now, it's easiest just just to go to the website. Um, basically, there's two streams of getting involved with Australian Girls and Gee. There's the closed group forum that we really do ask it to be female only. You don't necessarily have to be. In Australia, we do have like internationals in there, no worries, but we ask you to be sort of involved somehow with the scene or keen to like, you know, offer Australian girls a place to stay if they come through America or or wherever. Um, so somehow involved, you know, like um, so it's not just spammy news feed stuff for you. So it's really like a um, – you're participating in the group conversation, you know, like so that's what Australian Girls and Gear the forum is. So you can, it's a closed group on Facebook, and um, for those people using Facebook, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Is you just ask to be a member. Um, what I do is I screen everybody because um, we get some undesirables in there purely because of the search, like 
the start is like Australian girls, you know, <laughs> like so a lot of people, <laughs> you know, like search those two words and we're not quite the demographic that they're after. But so I screen everybody and I send them the terms and conditions of the group. So basically the terms and conditions are essentially, you know, like this is a safe space where we don't defame anybody and we respect the fact that all gyms and all ages and all experience levels are represented in the group um, and for the group stay healthy and safe we we can't we need to, to speak anonymously in in a couple of different ways we can't just like use the group as pure marketing or anything it's just not for that it's about like it's about a community group supporting each other so um the girls uh or the girls or the guys so there are guys in the group but that the only men um, that we are welcoming into the group are people that either run a gym or, say, are a coach or are the kids' coach or whatever, a male that can pass on information that otherwise wouldn't get to their, their female members. So there really are um, in there, but they're sort of silent witness. They, um, they're they asked to be um, there just to gather information and to respect the girls' privacy and to understand that um, the women are really looking to other females for answers and leadership in the group and that it, it's quite um, important that they do that, that they sort of just bear witness. So, um, yeah, like once – yeah. So basically, long story short, if you um, ask to join as a member of the forum, I'll see your name pop up and I'll send you the terms and conditions and you'll see whether that's right for you or not. And then um, as a way of like kind of screening, we just ask you to tell us your belt, who you train under and the gym that you train out. So if there's any problems, we can actually kind of track people back and make sure that they're accountable or maybe contact the coach and say this person's, you know, having trouble or, or whatever it is. Um, so it's very safe and um, moderated group. So that's one way to do it. The other way to do it is to just hit like on our Facebook page. So that's Australian Girls and Gee and it's just a, a, a relatively easy Facebook page to to find. And um, yeah, we like post our public news on that stuff. So the stuff that isn't so much about like, um, you know, like discussing about how hard training is or that they're having problems with different training partners or social aspects or whatever, that's for the, the closed group forum. But the public page is news about like girls getting promoted events coming up um all the stuff that's kind of you know that we're happy for the public to know about so that page you know could do with support because then obviously we can help promote things and that helps get sponsorships and things like that so um yeah they're the two streams of getting involved with australian girl and or they can just contact me directly um i'm on facebook and on um, instagram as brown belt jess and pretty easy to, to contact and I can point them in the right direction. All right. Sounds good. And I'll put links to all that in the show notes. And uh, you might ha- you might have to get a new Instagram gram account sometime, I mean, or change the name of it somehow. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of locked into that, aren't you? Um, it's, it's that's difficult. Funny. Yeah, it's like short-sighted. I just figured I'd be a brown belt <laughs> forever. And other brown belts will understand what I mean by that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But I am, um, yeah, my... Or, my nickname when I'm training is purple. So, you know, it'll just get more complicated as we go. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Um, So in in any uh, community, like I look at the judicial community as a whole and there's always like a set of questions that pop up, you know, do I need to lose weight before I start training or how do I Mm -hmm. get a gi or, or what do I do in this situation or what are the social norms? Um, What are the questions that, that the newer girls tend to ask the most or, or struggle with? What do, how do you help? What's the common things that you help people with? 
Um, most commonly, um, it depends on the time of the year, weirdly enough. So <laughs> most commonly we're asking, we're answering questions about, is this okay? So um, I guess I get, I get sent um, quite a few personal messages asking if I can post things anonymously because um, it's a service I provide. So the girls don't have to, it doesn't have to be obviously from them when the group starts discussing a topic and you know like more often than not I'm I'm dealing with people that are asking questions about the gym culture is it all right that I've been asked to do x you know or and I don't mean x like the guard I mean x is in like whatever <laughs> thing so like is it okay that I've been asked to uh teach the the kids classes and I don't feel like I'm ready or is it okay that I don't want to compete yet or um, is it okay that my coach doesn't think I'm ready to compete and I want to compete? Things like that. So basically, um, as an overall, the women are asking, the really, really new women are asking if it's okay to have permission to have the response that they're having and they just want to feel validated in that way. And sometimes, you know, like um, the more experienced women will say, yeah, no, I, I don't think you should be beha- behaving like that or you that, that one thing shouldn't annoy you so much. Sometimes the women, you know, will come back and say, yeah, that sounds pretty dodgy and, and shouldn't be happening for you. So it really is about um, validation, you know, and um, feeling that they're normal or that their response or their fears are, are justified um, and that in that way, you know, the group really does form support because it's it's a big discussion and and then they're you know like if, if you're say a 38 year old mother of, of three and this is your first athletic pursuit and you're in this gym and you've already overcome all of these things that like are pretty intimidating like it's a it's a bit of a boys club and all the guys look young and fit and you know you've overcome all these things and you you finally found a gi that might actually sort of fit you know (laughs) which is pretty rare as a female and you're on the mats and someone says something to you that that actually distresses you like who do you take that information to and and really like nut it out with if you if you're not feeling confident that there is a friend or a a kind of colleague or whatever on the mats like this is what Australian girls and gay does best very respectful of the gyms and we never we never say oh you should leave that gym or you know that guy sounds like he's shit or whatever it's not sort of stuff it's more about the women feeling like they're heard Mm. yeah sorry does that sort of answer your question (laughs) yeah it's that's an interesting uh thing that's happening there uh, most yeah. of the the people in the group are wanting to know is it okay if this is happening and they're, yeah. they're trying to get a feel for um is this an unusual situation uh that, yeah. that i'm in or is this a normal thing yeah. but really does it, it it may or may not matter if it's if it's common or even if it's okay it probably matters more if you're comfortable with it or if it's something that you yes. don't want to do on a personal level yes. and maybe it's easier to be comfortable with something if it's if that's just the way that it is, you know, like, um, yeah. And to just situation. be able to have someone to check in, you know, it, this sport can be really uncomfortable, like physically, emotionally, mentally, like it can be really uncomfortable. It's totally crazy rewarding, of course, you know, and like for me, it's the best thing I've done with my life. It also though, it's worth checking in if something like, you know, we, we all know that experience of, 
I hate this. Like you're doing like reps of something and it's just not fun or it's not like it's not working for you or whatever. There's that. But we, we learn to accept that this is just part of the process. It sort of sucks right now, but it's going to pay off later on, you know, like you do a million like double leg entries and it's hard on your body and, you know, you've never pulled one off in training and just keep getting guillotined, (laughs) you know, this sort of stuff, but you, you trust the process. And I guess it's easier to trust the physical side of the process earlier than it is all the cultural and, and social side of things. Um, and, where I feel like women do check in with us. Um, and it, it's, that seems to be the general theme, you know, like or checking in, hey, like what happens at your club for, for gradings, you know, and like items like that are really brought up very often. And, and when I say, you know, it depends what time of the year it is with the questions, always at the end of the year with all the belt ceremonies going out, um, because it tends to be a tradition at the end of the year in Australia, like December's really like grading season um, before everyone goes on holidays for Christmas and everything. It the girls are often asking about how other people get graded and what's what should be expected of them, this sort of stuff. And and I think it's important that the group does answer, hey, look, it's going to be completely different for you, and it's going to be completely different for every gym. And like it's important that that these women know that there's no standard like. like actually like you know certain standard when it comes to grading and then then they realize like okay cool like I look around my gym and different people are getting graded at different paces and that's frustrating to me but I've asked the girls nationally and it seems to be a national kind of theme that that there isn't like an absolute standard so that's kind of reassuring even though they haven't been told a specific answer they just get the feedback that there's a lot going on and it doesn't have to be exactly a certain a for it to be right Jess, you've got this great organization where you're able to help people, um, and the most common question is, is it okay that, and then, you know, X or blank, um, Mm. can you remember a time for yourself personally, probably when you were fairly new at this, where you were wondering the same thing, and uh, maybe tell us a story about that, and then how you uh, overcame it or figured it out? Yeah, well, so... Um, I have been at a different gym for each of my belts, which um, for some people is really confronting. They, they really dislike that idea or have, I, I don't know, see it as disrespectful. I don't know. But it is my experience and it's what I needed to do. Um, I I think that I would have done things regardless um regardless of the gym or anything that had happened or hadn't happened or whatever, I think that I would have done my journey exactly the same way. I like the idea of being a bit of a bower bird. I really do like to train at different gyms and have different insights. And it's just always been, that's been me as a human before I even came to jiu-jitsu. And that's continued in my journey of jiu-jitsu. And I guess for me, the first time I left a gym was a huge unknown. It was terrifying. It, um, I felt like my world was going to end <laughs> and I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to about that that had done the same thing because there was this kind of labeling of, um, yeah, like calling people bad names or thinking they were disloyal because they leave. And, you know, there's, there's so many different reasons why people leave a gym for whatever reason, you know, like, and it seemed to be the only acceptable thing would be change of location. That's what I sort of came across is like the only thing that people would find like, oh, okay, that's fine, you know, and be no like political kind of response to it or like, you know, no bitching is like the actual word for politics, I believe. But 
like no response to it, negative or positive, is if you if you change locations. Now, for me, I, I needed to change gyms. It just wasn't working for me, you know. Like I chose my first gym basically based on proximity and it was kind of the first one that I'd seen and I, I, I didn't really research it. I didn't research anything. I just saw jiu-jitsu and I wanted to try it. And after just just under a year, I decided it wasn't for me. And that's cool. That's my decision, you know. Like, But I didn't really have anyone that I could talk to about that um, and I didn't know whether it was all right and I didn't know um, – I, I didn't know what people's responses would be because they generally seemed negative when people left, you know, um, and it's kind of that tribe, you know, pack mentality of, of staying, like – close and, and and true to each other I guess I don't I don't know but um yeah I, I feel like I I would have loved to have been able to reach out to other people that had maybe gone through something like that when I did because it was it was terrifying and you know obviously it was totally fine <laughs> did it it was it was fantastic and it wasn't the last time I did it and I'm totally fine and leaving gyms is 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 fine if you want to stay at one gym the whole time that you're at it no dramas like that's cool that's your journey but if that's not possible for you that's also your journey and it's cool too you know like harder if you're remote and that's the only gym um available to you but there is also ways to work around that so yes i would have loved for australian girls and gee in those times when when that hadn't um had been my experience yet if you were to, to advise a, uh, somebody who was wanting to move gyms or change gyms what would be the easiest way for them to do that without making a big deal about things um, I don't know whether it is easy because it is a big decision for most people. Um, but communication is is key. You know, like if if we're learning how to communicate well via what we learn on the mats, I, I'm kind of I sort of feel like we're point. You know, like I really feel like jujitsu is a conversation, and if person's yelling <laughs> the other one you know isn't going to get heard and your jiu-jitsu style can be like that as well like so the more that you learn about hearing the other person's saying and options be giving you um and sort of stuff like physically the more that you can learn from your jiu-jitsu um and take into your life the better and i really think that a, a good a good jiu-jitsu athlete a good um practitioner learns to communicate really well and really like it's sort of a bit like competition fear and just doing it anyway and just trusting yourself and trusting the other person and and trusting what you know it's a little bit like that in going in to approach a coach that you may have had a really really close relationship with um over a couple of years or a couple of months or whatever it is um you know like i really just think you need to go communicate with them because sometimes you're going to leave for positive reasons and it's 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 seems all fine yes comparatively sometimes you're going to leave for negative reasons um who knows but it's all about that communication if you're not clear with your communication it is going to be very difficult for one or or both of you i i know it is you know and that's just for for any human interaction or any big decision that you make think that um you need to talk to the coach first um very definitely coach before else that's the fairest thing to do um and if you're finding yourself talking to other people um other than the coach like i I sit and reflect on on that you know like sure if you're going to get advice or insight but um yeah like i've seen i've seen people sort of um make this 
to go and and not conduct themselves in the best ways, like maybe trying to influence other people to go with them or whatever. And, and, and that's a strange behaviour. I don't really understand that one. Um, but, like, I really think that it's about, like, your journey and just being really clear with, with your coach and what your goals are. And, you know, they might have they might have suggestions for you that, that are helpful, like, or they they I don't know that I would I would appreciate it if if I was your coach and you'd been with me for a couple of years I'd appreciate the conversation you know like absolutely mm. yeah and it's it basically is boiling down to uh, good communication and in mm. the conversation may not go real well some some people are going to take it up better yeah. than others but you're 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 trying to have that dialogue and that's I'm looking at other things you know off the mat you know at work or in your personal life or with your family or other things the same thing, you know. The good communication uh, could could save you a, a lot of pain and heartache in the in the long run. You know, you could leave your job and and your coworkers would be upset with you. Why they they just left? And, and but you had a legitimate reason, or you you had dreams yeah. you wanted to pursue in other areas, and yeah. just communicating that could could really uh, help. You know, everybody understand what's going on. Yeah, and I mean, if if you can communicate communicate clearly and honestly. Um, if you really do have to leave for whatever reason, you know, it, it's it'd be better off for that later on. Like later on when you're thinking back and you, you, you look upon that time that you were with, you know, coach or whatever team, it allows you that kind of freedom of like, you know, like I'm going to be honest with people and I conducted myself well and um, I did everything I could and, you know, whether their response is positive or negative is up to them. It's totally up to them, you know. Like, so it, it's about your journey. This is such a long journey, this sport. Like, it's, like, it really is for life. They say jiu-jitsu life, but I think it's just, like, it's more just jiu-jitsu life. Like, <laughs> you want it to be with you forever, and it it's important that you honour your own journey and you conduct yourself really well and in ways that you can be really proud of later on, you know, and look back with good grace. Like, it, it, it's no fun looking back and thinking, oh, shit, like, <laughs> that dude hates me. <laughs> like, you know, like, you don't want that, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, just treat you want to treat them well in it, I think. Mm. Yeah. And that's, I agree. That's perfect, and in, in allowing them to to save face if need be, and to just mm-hmm. communicate the reasons, so maybe they could uh, run a more effective school in the long run. Um, Jess, yeah. I've had a lot of fun talking with you today. How can somebody keep up with you and, and with your travels and your competition and what you're up to? Um, well, so Australian Girls and Gee is the easiest way to do that, um, and then you can find me via that. So, um, easiest way to find me is Brown Belt Jess on Instagram, and I'm Jess Fraser on Facebook. And yeah, pretty easy to find me. You, you'll you'll see us in all the crazy group photos. We're pretty well known for those. <laughs> Excellent. I'll put links to those in all the show notes there. All right, well, Jess, well, thank you for hopping on here with me and uh, sharing what you're up to and sharing some knowledge with us. Thank you, and um, I'll just listen to the podcast and I'll hear when it's coming up next, no doubt. Thank you, Jess, for the interview. It, uh, it was a lot of fun talking with you and learning from you. It's always uh, fun to get uh, people who are active in the community and also uh, competitors at that level. Um, it's really neat to see somebody doing that. Yeah, I mean, anybody who uh, invited to the ADCC three times and medals twice, uh, you know, just an incredible competitor and like, uh, you know, we talked about in the article or the interview and, and before the show, um, you know, just giving back to the community, uh, you know, being the founder of the Australian Girls and Gee, um, really bringing a lot of people 
to jujitsu and uh, and get a lot of people hooked on the sport and uh, you know changing people's lives. Yep, help building that social network uh, of women in Australia. There, speaking of like a social network, Gary, we ca- can be found on social media. Um, we've got a Facebook page, Twitter account, and uh, more recently, actively engaged in our YouTube channel. So check us out on those locations or anywhere else you might think we would be. We'll probably be there. Yep, and uh, definitely uh, go on to the interwebs and uh, go to iTunes, write us a review, uh, let us know how we're doing. And uh, if you make it funny, uh, we will send you a free BJJ Brick e-patch if you live in the U.S. Send us an email at bjjbrick at gmail.com or message us on our Facebook page. Let us know that was you because otherwise we have no clue uh, who it was that uh, sent us. So let us know. Uh, give us your address and we'll get you one out in the mail. Yep. It's pretty easy uh, to get a BJJ Brick key patch if you live in the United States. I mean, actually, I think it might be easy for somebody in a certain part outside the United States to get a gee patch here in the coming days. That's true. Gary, we'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, the music is telling me that it is time to talk about your audiobook that you've been working on this week. Oh, not that time again. That uh, time I wonder again. what we got going this time. Well, the uh, this is the part of the show when Gary uh, is kind of put on his feet a little bit here uh, instead of being Thanks you know, on too, the mat. Thanks, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he's going to be thrown a book topic or title, and he's got to tell us what he's working on in that book. And, he, and he's got no idea what this is about. So it's always kind of fun to watch him squirm and find a way to, to make a make an audio book or a real book sometimes. He's even made pop-up books this way. Uh, he's always struggling to find a publisher, but that's part of the game. But I think, you know, being on this show so many times and talking about it, sooner or later I'll get a publisher. Yep, just hanging you know, in there, Gary. Sure, I got was a publisher's clearinghouse came to my door one day and I thought they were coming here to publish one of my books but they were trying to get me to uh, win some money oh did you win the money so I, no I threw them out oh well it's not you're not going to win money that way guarantee you that but I have a sign that says no solicitors <laughs> oh well I send them I'll keep sending them that way they're sucker for solicitors um <laughs> let's get on to your book here Gary because this is going to be a good one the whole oh, fish, the whole fish climbing a tree, got me thinking about fish, and now uh, I'd really like to see you make a book called "Drowned a Shark: The BJJ Way." And I don't know how you would do this, but uh, if there's one man with the experience, the pedigree, and the time in the water and time on the mat to do this, it's probably Gary. Well, you know, somebody once told me that the world is my ocean. I am a shark, and most people do not know how to swim. So, we're talking about drowning a shark, and I tell you, the world is my ocean. What I got to do is I got to force that shark. I got to change his direction. I got to get him out of the ocean. I'm going to get that shark up on the sand. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use myself as bait. I'm going to get out in that ocean. I'm going to start wiggling around and, you know, throw some ketchup in the, so he thinks it's blood. He's going to come after me. And I'm gonna drag that guy right up onto the right up onto the sand. Then he's in my world. I think it's. Uh, I think my jujitsu will come in handy there. I think I'll win. I know. I, I do know the the move you use to get that shark from the water to the land. The jitterbug? No, the shrimp crawl. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. I've yeah. seen you do it many times. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes shrimp you use crawl. cocktail sauce instead of ketchup. Well, if I'm going to use the shrimp crawl, cocktail sauce would be the best option. It's a little known fact that sharks do like the shrimps dill, uh, dipped in cocktail sauce, Gary. Yeah, but uh, I hope... <laughs> Cut. <laughs> But, you know, I really think this is going to be a, a great audiobook for everybody. I mean, especially people on the coast or anywhere near water. Where, well, not all water because uh, you're not going to have to worry about sharks in a, in a pond or a creek. But um, you're going to have to worry about sharks if you're in the ocean or a sea. So uh, uh, it's, it's going to be very beneficial. And the uh, thing is, you got to get that shark into unfamiliar territory. So you want to direct them. And that goes back to the article of the week, so you might want to check that out before you're going to go to the ocean. But you're going to force them into your into your world. Yeah, Jerry, did I, Gary, I've heard. I think I called you Jerry. Well, Jerry, Gary, <laughs> it's all the same. Gary, I've heard that uh, sharks have a real sensitive nose. I guess kind of like myself. But uh, if a shark's attacking you, you can actually just punch it right in the nose, and the whole thing goes back up. I think if I get it on the cement. Or on this uh, sand, which I know I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna go punch it in the nose. I'm gonna go for a pile driver. When he's coming up, that shark coming up onto the beach, I'm just gonna stick his head. I mean, get him in a pile driver position, jump up in the air like Bruiser Bob Sweetan, and he's gonna land. I mean, all his weight and my weight square on his nose, which is gonna be a lot more powerful than punching him in the nose. Wow, that's that's very. Uh graphic it sounds like Gary yeah. well I learned that when I was a kid watching wrestling on TV you know from Bruiser Bob Sweetan there we go see the lessons you learn as a kid they stick with you throughout your entire life so uh, yeah. so that's a shout out to Bruiser Bob Sweetan <laughs> I hope he's listening <laughs> I know he is Gary and uh, he's probably wrestling a shark right now who isn't well I isn't okay <laughs> I'm not that crazy my friend well just remember if you ever do force it into your world okay Gary speaking of uh, maybe me being a little bit crazy here uh, we've got a little side project going on that uh, will maybe wrap up with me doing something kind of crazy you gonna jump over the Grand Canyon in a car <laughs> well by while wearing my gi I think I'd be alright Gary well remember we talked about us humans we can't fly okay yeah You've reminded me several times about that, and it's saved me a couple times, so that's good. No, what are friends for? That and, and uh, choking me out sometimes. Yep, and speaking of choking it out, tell us what your crazy thing you're going to do is. <laughs> well, we, we've, we, we've, we've had this audio book, and it's been a great way that uh, we've been able to help people who are new to jiu-jitsu kind of stick with it their first year and also uh, make a couple of bucks uh, a few times a week, basically, uh, to help keep the the cost of the podcast like maybe breaking even. Well, we're hoping to get this this show uh, add a little bit more fuel to the fire and uh, be able to do some more so things, to speak. so to speak, quite literally. Uh, in a minute here, Gary, we'll be adding fuel to my face. But uh, so the plan is, uh, there's this website called Patreon, P A T. R-E-O-N. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And basically, it's for people that want to support uh, content producers, whether they're artists or podcast uh, producers. Maybe they make videos or, or basically anything uh, content-related. Um, they get support from their audience. 
or their listeners or whoever they have. And uh, we've got um, things set up where you could pledge a certain amount of money per episode. And I've, I've got a video on there that it kind of explains everything. And uh, not not like a crazy amount, but uh, we'll have different rewards for each level that, that people pledge. And uh, it's going to help take this show, give the show an actual budget instead of uh, scraping by on uh, not going, uh, not costing me a bunch of money to make. Uh, so once we have a budget, we're hoping to do some pr- pretty cool things. Uh, that's kind of wraps it up on that, Carrie. It's called Patreon.com and uh, look for BJJ Brick um, or uh, check the show notes for the uh, thing there. And I've got a nice little video explaining all the details about uh, what we're planning to do there. And ultimately, when we reach our goal, uh, I'm, I'm going to be getting uh, pepper sprayed and uh, grappling. That is going to be crazy. Pepper yeah. spray and grappling. You're not going to be able to see. You're going to be in pain. And the bad part is I'm probably going to be the guy grappling you. So I'm going to also get the runoff of the pepper spray and be in the same situation. Yeah, I've ran this idea by my wife, and she says that no one's going to grapple you. So I kind of got Gary saying that he'll do it. Uh, but we'll, it'll be interesting to see if we get a couple different belt levels to grapple. Uh, maybe in a black belt. Will I get destroyed by the white belt, or will I be able to hang in there a little bit? Will the blue belt choke me out within a few seconds? You know, what's going to happen? I don't know. Uh, and I really don't know the amount of pain I'll be in, but I hear it's quite severe. Uh, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, quite severe, and you can't see. So uh, two, uh, two strikes against you. <laughs> but the good thing is um, I'm kind of resting a little easy here. Uh, we've got a goal we have to reach before we get to, the, to that point, and I don't know if we'll hit that goal you know, in a few months or a few years. So, well, what I would do is if you start getting closer to the goal – Start preparing yourself. Like I would spray myself like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, this is my advice to you, but just <laughs> spray yourself terrible. like three times a day. Well, I'd start out once a day, then work up to twice. And, you know, like people train three times a day for tournaments sometimes. So I think a good idea would be, you know, as we get closer to hitting that goal, you start spraying yourself three times a day. And that way you'll you'll get better at it. Yeah. And, and so if you're grappling me, Gary, you probably should spray yourself as well just to kind of get ready to be able to – perform well with it my plan was i eat more hot thai food and that might help me out yeah that would work too well i would don't know about eating it but putting putting it in your eyes would probably work better oh this sounds terrible gary i tell you i did this one time i was eating pizza and i went to put uh uh the uh hot peppers on it hot red peppers and i guess i had some on my hand and uh, i went to rub my eyes and i put hot pepper those hot peppers in my eyes, and I remember that was brutal. That sounds brutal. And then, of course, you have to go to the restroom, and that's also brutal. So, uh, Especially in a restaurant. <laughs> uh, so th- this is, uh, is going to be brutal, Gary, if we reach our goal. But I'm looking forward to it because it would mean that we could do uh, some really cool things with the show and, and with the website and, and uh, really take it to the next level and, and, uh, and have, have more fun. So, yep, that's uh, the key, taking it to the next level. And uh, it's a great way to show your support for the show, and we appreciate all the support you guys give us all the time. Yep, and we'll be uh, – check out, check out the website there on, on Patreon and, and learn about the different uh, goals that we – the goal we have and the different levels of support we could have. At any level, we're tremendously thankful. It's it's amazing that, that people would, would support us in this and, and maybe see myself get uh, – get pepper sprayed and beat up on so uh kind of looking forward to that a little bit (laughs) that's what i'm definitely looking forward to yeah i'm a little nervous of it now that's now that's actually out there it's been up on the on this website for a little while but we haven't promoted it or talked about it much so now that it's up there i can't really take it back gary 
Yep, I think Byron has had it up there, but hasn't wanted to talk about it because he's scared. But uh, to be honest, I don't blame you. I am. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens when it, when the when the day comes. And but uh, I'm not if we if we reach our goal, I can't chicken out, Gary. I, I owe it to the to the listeners yep. and all the Patreon yeah. people out there. Yep, you have to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's on the internet, so anything <laughs> that's on the internet's true. So you have to. I have to. Um, yep. <clears throat> and we promise. If you happen to be traveling through Wichita, Kansas, and uh, drop us a note and come train with us, we promise there will be no pepper spray involved. So uh, uh, if you do come out this way, let us know. We'd love to train with you. Yeah, that's always a good time. And it, What if, Gary, I'm traveling around and I happen to want to go to Brazil? What could I do? You know, that's the best part. Uh, one of our friends and training partners, uh, Claudio, is actually from Brazil. So uh, – he has been helping us out, as you've probably seen in the last couple episodes, and and this week he's going to teach us a couple uh, couple more words. Uh, basically, uh, he's going to teach us how to say ambulance, which you know, who knows? We're we're grappling. We'll probably need it. Um, <laughs> police, uh, doctor, taxi. Yeah, I mean, that's a word you definitely need to know. Hotel. We're probably staying in a hotel. My favorite thing is eating, and I like to go to restaurants. So he's going to. Tell us about restaurants, and uh, we already talked about this one earlier, the uh, restroom. So uh, some really important uh, words you need to know. So uh, check out our buddy Claudio. Oi, Claudio. Tudo bem? Oi, Brian. Tudo bem. E você? Let me uh, think about how to say good. No. Tudo bem, tio censor, tudo bem. Tudo bem. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting worse, Claudio. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Just say it back. I wanted, I wanted to say good, which was uh, boom, right? Bom, or right. moito right. boom. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very boom. good. So. Excellent. Excellent. Você, você fala inglês? No. Ah. Uh, no. no. Good. Yes, I do speak English. So that's what I should say. Sim. Sim, I should just clap and say, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Can we speak English here, please? Uh, no. Okay, so you asked me if I speak English. Who si fala inglés? And then the correct uh-huh. answer for me would be sim, which would be yes. That, yes those are from the past couple correct. of weeks. We, we, this has been a good recap here. We've covered a lot of, uh, of our uh, past uh, segments here. Um, I want to get some some words that might uh, hopefully won't need to pop up that much. Uh, words like ambulance, police, doctor, and <laughs> those type of things it would be good to know. But hopefully, you don't need very them. Very good. Very good. Yeah, that's uh, that's very important. You know, you never know. We had a, a friend of ours, uh, Dusty Grant. He, I think he he cut his his toe or something like that, or his fingers. I can't remember. I think it was his finger in Brazil traveling. So they had to to find a, a doctor there to to help him out. So it's very very important that we we know some of the the basic words. Um, let's start with the ambulance. Okay, that's the very first one. It's it's similar to the the way we spell it, ambulance. Uh, but we say it a little bit different. Of course, it's ambulancia. Ambulancia. Ambulance, yeah. Think about. Uh, hmm, I can I can relate to <laughs> ambulance. Well, ambul ambulance. That's very close. You just tweak the the words a little bit here. Ambulance, and spells A M B U L A 
A-M-B-U-L-A-N-C-I-A. So it changes a little, little bit at the end there. Ambulancia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, perfect. The, the second one will be police. Hopefully you won't be involved with police, but if you need to know or if you need to call them for some reason, you can call Policia. 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 Mm-hmm. And spells P-O-L-I-C-I-M. C-I-A, sorry. Policia. So changes, mm-hmm. changes a little bit from from the English there, too, the way we spell. Um Second one, we're, we're talking about doctors and all that, and doctor would be medical. So M E D I C O M E D I C O medical and the medical medical. That's right. Kind of like you're measuring something. I don't know. That's how I can think. <laughs> medical. Medical. Mm-hmm. Is the O pronounced so, uh, medical? Magical, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. It's almost, uh, you almost say like a U would be in Portuguese, a U at the end, so magical. Yeah, not a magical, magical. Magical. Kind of like Very a medic. Um, exactly. That's exactly right. Medic, yeah. Okay, how about if I if I need to um, get a taxi? If if I'm looking for, if I go to a, you know, somebody at the front desk or somewhere and I just say, Taxi. You know, I need some help here. I need to get back to my hotel. How would I right. say taxi? That's, that's a very hard word, man. It's exactly the same. <laughs> taxi. Okay, good. It's, ta- it's taxi. It's, you, you say a taxi. Is, is, this is important, but a little different. Is a taxi a good way to get around in, in most of Brazil or where you're from? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. They have plenty of those. and Yeah, uh, Public transportation is it's everywhere too, in you know, buses and subways and uh, trains. It's it's very very popular. Uh, if you ever been to Rio or São Paulo, you will see that the traffic is awful. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people try the alternate. You know, they they go by you know motorcycles or you know they just take the the bus or subway or something like that. So yeah, and taxis are one of the the main. Um, methods of transportation there and I, I use it when I'm traveling there too or going to visit my family instead of renting a car or something I use a taxi it's a lot it's very safe and it's it's not that expensive either so taxi taxi will be the word it spells exactly the same as taxi but you just pronounce a little bit different taxi taxi mm-hmm. and how would I if I see a taxi do you wave at them do you you wave, you stretch your hand, wave, okay. it's... jump in front of them, <laughs> it takes to <laughs> stop, yes. And it's it's basically the same. I think they have a little light that shows that they're, okay. they're available, or if it's off, they're not available, or I guess if they don't stop, they're not available. There you so, go. Yes, it's, it's basically the same as here. Okay. And uh, once I get in the taxi, I want to go to my, let's say I want to go to my hotel. Um, how would I say that? Uh, hotel also spells the same as English, but you just say hotel. You just don't pronounce the age as a, you know, like hotel. You just say hotel. Okay, hotel. Yeah, hotel. I like that when that's yeah, easy. Uh-huh, okay. You almost drop that age out. Hotel. <laughs> Is that common and, to to drop the H, or did? Uh, 
it, it depends on the ward. Yeah, okay. it, it is. If it's a, it depends. It's a Portuguese ward. Yes, they, they're translating. They're dropping the H because the R is pronounced as an H. So when right, they, so yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. How about if I want get my get in my taxi and I want to go to a restaurant? Sure. You're you're hungry. Been training all day. Of course, you want to eat some churrasco. Yeah. You ask for restaurante. Restaurante. So restaurant. Yeah. It spells basically the same. The only thing you add is e at the very end. So r e s t a u r a n t e. So restaurante. So both there's an R at the front of the word and an R towards the end, and they're both mm-hmm. pronounced with that H. Restaurante. 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 Very, very good. Very good attempt. Okay. Very good attempt. Now, this is something that you could ask um, one word, go to a front desk, and get, and get somebody to point in the right direction. A restroom. Mm-hmm. Restroom, yeah. Restroom will be... Banheiro. Banheiro? Banheiro. It's B-A-N-H-E-I-R-O. Banheiro. So that... Banheiro. There in the middle, it's like a... <laughs> Banheiro. Weird little... Mm-hmm. Am I close? Ba- yes, Banheiro. Banheiro. Yeah. And if you if you kind of dance around and and act like you need to go pee real bad, they might uh, get the clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll point you in the right direction. That's for sure. <laughs> Once again, you know, like we spoke before, uh, yeah, hand gestures and body language will will help a lot. <laughs> there we go. Okay, these are all great things to be able to say. One word can often get a message across. Uh, ambulancia. Close. Uh-huh. Ambulancia? Ambulancia. Uh, mm-hmm. and the police was uh, policia? Police. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. And doctor was uh, medico? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Medico? Taxi. My favorite Perfect. one is taxi. <laughs> Hotel. We're dropping the H. Um, mm-hmm. Hotel. Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what else do we have? Um, restaurant. Uh, restaurant. Restaurante. And then uh, restroom, which seemed to be a little bit tougher for me. Uh, pan, her, pan hero? Banheiro with the B. Oh, with the, the B. Banheiro. Uh-huh. Banheiro. Very good. Banheiro. Yeah. Okay. Okay, these, these are valuable words to know uh, when you're heading into uh, a, a place where you don't speak the language. So. Very true. All right. Well, this is good. Thank you, Claudio. You're welcome. We'll catch you next week. There we go. Muy obrigado. Muy tu obrigado. Muito obrigado. De nada. All right. We'll catch you next week, my friend. See you next week. Bye. All right. Thank you, Claudio, for that lesson. Uh, as uh, we've said before, all the lessons have been piled up together and scooped off to the side on YouTube, and they're all in one big clip there. If, you wanna, if you're actually going to Brazil or you want to study all these more, more in depth, check out that video. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yep. Or if you're already in Brazil and can't figure out how to get to a restaurant or a taxi <laughs> or, or you're just totally lost, go check out our YouTube channel. Check out Claudio. Yeah. He will save you. Yep. Yeah.
he will help you out. That's for sure. And he's got, he'll be back next week uh, t- telling us how to say uh, sorry, which is something that uh, is just probably important to be polite, and also basic counting. So you know, the one thing we haven't had him teach us to say is tap. That might be a good idea. Yeah, it's kind of universal, and it's more of a sign language, Gary, from my understanding. Oh, okay. So then that's good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, normally I tap on somebody, but sometimes you're somebody forced you into a different direction and it has really, you know, smashed you and you can't even move your arms and or your legs maybe and you have to say tap. That's true. It, yeah. There are a, a, a lot of different situations that can come up on the mat and uh, it seems like, Gary, sometimes you just scream out in pain and, and they stop most of the time. Yeah, but in some languages, some cultures screaming out in pain means do it harder. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's true or not, but that would be that would be terrible. Yeah, that would be that would be a disaster waiting to happen uh, on the mats. Yeah, at that the only thing I could think that would be more of a disaster waiting to happen is if we reach our goal on Patreon and uh, we get to watch Byron get sprayed with pepper spray. Yeah, well, yeah. It, like I don't know if you said before, it will be filmed and it will be put up uh, for all to enjoy the terrible beating I receive. So uh, that's just a good part of it, there, Gary. Yep. So we can't wait for that. Uh, so, so the day I get pepper spray, I'll be looking for some good friends to actually hit the mat with me. If you have a good friend that would that often hits the mat with you, we'd appreciate it if you'd let them know about the show. Um, maybe direct them towards uh, one of your favorite episodes or or just the website there. And uh, the word of mouth spread of the uh, BGG Brick podcast has been uh, been really nice, and it's always an honor when somebody recommends the show to somebody else. Yeah, that's a, that's the biggest honor we could get if you like the show that much and you tell one of your friends. And But, you know, in, in all reality, in all seriousness, man, we really, really appreciate all you guys listening every week. And, and if uh, you know anybody who wants to be on the show or, or you know anybody who has an article, send us an email, bjjbrick at gmail.com. Hit us up on our Facebook page, bjjbrick, and, and let us know. And uh, we, we'd love to get some of your content out there, talk about your article or your blog, and or, or if you got somebody who'd be great for an interview, we'd love to get them on the show. Gary, before we let everybody go, we got to let them know about next week's show. Uh, we have Michael Jinn on the podcast. He's going to be – he has a book – that's out. It's called The Science of Submission. I've read the book. Uh, it's always nice when I can actually read the book before they come on. And I read the book before I interviewed him. And uh, the way he breaks down uh, certain positions and submissions, he does it in a way that it will apply across the board. You know, even if you don't do these submissions, which he, he broke down some really common ones, uh, you're going to be able to think about it and then apply it to yourself. And so it's, it's a very interesting book. He explains a lot of it in the interview. And uh, we're excited to bring in uh, Michael Jen to the show. Definitely make sure you tune in next week uh, to listen to our interview with Michael Jen. And don't forget, we have another episode with our training partner and buddy, Claudio. That's right, Gary. It's been a good uh, good show today. Uh, I think I struggled a little bit during the quote in the article, or in the article, kind of like getting my thoughts before I would talk. But uh, that's just part of the learning process. We're hopefully getting better and better every episode. Uh, so I hope to be better next week. But. Uh, I'm glad I had Gary here drag me through uh, this this episode, Gary. No wonder my leg hurts so bad. It's all I thought it was from grappling today, but it's from dragging you through. You, you pull me across the, the finish line on this one, buddy, and we've made it. Yep, teamwork. <laughs> That's what it's all about. As always, stay sweaty, my friends. And don't forget to shower. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. 
After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Jess, you've—I uh, mean, <clears throat> I said nothing there. Um, <laughs> Jess, so definitely make sure you tune in next week. We're gonna have an awesome show, Michael Jen, and then our and everybody's favorite. Um, definitely make sure you tune in next week, uh, Michael Jen, and. Uh, Man, I'm getting killed here. <laughs> it's in me getting killed all day, Gary, so that's okay. Yep, that's right, Gary. As always, I want you to just... <clears throat> God, there's going to be a lot of editing this damn thing. 